Hello and welcome to Reggie'sTake.com, podcast number nine. I'm your host, Reggie. Uh, before I get around to introducing my guest today, I want to take a second here and I want to talk about Leonard Nimoy, who uh, we all know passed away on February 27th at the age of 83. Mr. Nimoy enjoyed a long and successful career as an actor, director, photographer, and author. But of course, he will always be best remembered for his portrayal as everyone's favorite science officer, Mr. Spock, in Star Trek, both in television and film. His career in Hollywood lasted more than six decades. Besides his acting, he also directed several Hollywood films. He directed Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, and Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. In, 19, in 1987, he directed the highest grossing movie of the year with Three Men and a Baby. No matter what else he did in his life or career, Spock was always not too far away. At one time in the 1970s, Mr. Nimoy tried to distance himself from the character of Spock, but eventually embraced Spock. He wrote once, I am not Spock, but given the choice, if I had to be someone else, I would be Spock. If someone said, you can have the choice of being any other TV character ever played, I would choose Spock. I like him. I admire him. I respect him. Close quote. I never had the opportunity to meet Mr. Nimoy, Mr. Nimoy in person, and I wish I had. Of all the characters from the original series and films, the character of Spock was probably my favorite of them all. Yes, I know Mr. Shatner was technically the star of the show as Captain Kirk, but a little Kirk and Shatner could go a long way. As a fan of Mr. Nimoy and his work as Spock on Star Trek, I know I don't have to go no further than my video collection in order to watch him portray probably one of the most famous characters in science fiction history. Some of my favorite Spock moments came on the film and came on film and on television. His guest appearance on Star Trek The Next Generation in the two-part episode Unification is one of my favorite episodes of that series. Star Trek IV The Voyage Home showed a Spock with a sense of humor after being brought back from the dead in Star Trek III. His appearance in the 2009 reboot Star Trek movie directed by J.J. Abrams was a big reason why I liked that movie. And of course, who can forget Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan as Spock sacrifices himself in order to save the ship and crew from Khan himself. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Mr. Nimoy himself must have known his time was close to being up. In his last posting to Twitter, just four days before his passing, he wrote, quote, A life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved, except in memory. LLAP. Zachary Quinto, who took on the role of Spock in the rebooted movies, shared his sorrow with these wonderful words. My heart is broken. I love you profoundly, my dear friend, and I will miss you every day. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. We here at Reggie's Take send our condolences and prayers to Mr. Nimoy's family. Mr. Nimoy will be missed, his talents lost, but not forgotten. Live long and prosper. And with that depressing part of the podcast out of the way, I want to take a second and introduce my guest, James. Thank hey, you for, guys. <laughs> thanks for How's our, it going? Thanks for, coming, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem, Reggie. That um, was really beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, real quick, while we're on the subject of Spock, what was... What was your favorite Leonard Nimoy, Spock, or moment, or uh, anything with Leonard Nimoy? Actually, my favorite thing would be on The Simpsons, when Leonard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy made a couple guest appearances, but uh, there was the monorail episode, and Leonard Nimoy was the uh, celebrity guest of honor that they had. It, it was actually, the episode was written by Conan O'Brien, and Leonard Nimoy was... Uh, Springfield's guest of honor to ride the first monorail, and of course the monorail was was uh, it was sort of like Wichita's Wild West world. The monorail, the uh -huh. guy who built the monorail, was a swindler, and the whole thing was like 
going out of control and everyone was probably going to die on it. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, um, since it's like solar powered, they're like, don't worry guys, there's an eclipse and a solar eclipse. It's a really weird episode. All of a sudden a solar eclipse just happens right there. And on this like flying death machine, Leonard Nimoy looks out the window and says, a solar eclipse, the cosmic ballet dances on. <laughs> and then the guy sitting next to him goes, can somebody switch me seats? <laughs> and that is my favorite. That is my favorite <laughs> moment ever. <laughs> Another one was uh, the Simpsons sister show Futurama. Leonard Nimoy was on that quite a bit too. And uh, I don't know if you ever watched Futurama, but it takes place in the future. Yeah. And uh, so, like, whenever they have celebrity guest voices, they just have their cloned heads in a jar. It's kind of stupid, but it works. I guess. And uh, so basically the story was all the cloned heads of uh, the Star Trek characters were going to move away to a different planet because <laughs> the Trekkies had just become far too violent and too much for, <laughs> for them to handle. So they all move away. And William Shatner's cloned head says to Leonard Nimoy's, um, Leonard, why are you staying here? Won't you come with us where it's safe? And Leonard Nimoy says, William, you are my friend, and and I will miss you and always cherish you. But I cannot leave, for I have a six-month lease on my apartment, and that, <laughs> and, and that, that is a commitment I, I cannot break. <laughs> of course, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's almost, a, almost been a month since he's passed, and uh, I would like to know something sooner, but life gets in the way but i figured even though i posted something online already on my website i i i had to take a second and well, and do something on the podcast big enough like he's one of those guys same with robin williams last year i mean he's one of those guys that uh irreplaceable yeah completely and he, he wasn't supposed to die it kind of feels like Thank God his death isn't as tragic as Robin Williams was. No, his his was just oh, uh, as yeah. he as he blamed it on smoking, yeah. uh, and he admitted it. He, That's right. So, yeah, he had. What did he die of? Oh, you would ask that. Complications from um, oh COPD. You know, PD. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with somebody else. Might may have even been my wife. But if you set aside the rest of the original cast that's still around. Other than Shatner and and the rest who haven't passed yet, I was trying to think of who would be the next big Star Trek actor that would be a, a huge loss, and I can only come up with one person. George Takei? No, uh, original cast aside. Oh, oh well, of course, um, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. That's yeah, the only one I could really come one. up with that would be a well, huge. And he's, you know, and for. Um... My generation, like, I identify him more as Professor X than I do Captain Picard. Yeah. Which, the look in your <laughs> eyes was a little bit of horror, disgust, and... Um... No, that's all right. No, no, you're fine. But, but you know, of, of, of all the... Because, you know, of, of the other three or four shows they had, I mean, Next Generation cast was the only ones that really were spun off in the movies, so... Yeah. You don't have well in the next generation. I know it was on when I was a kid, and I would watch it occasionally. I like. I'd hate to say it, but when I was a kid, I thought it was kind of boring. Sorry. <laughs> I think Star Trek is uh, acquired. Is an acquired taste. Well, the, the original one is fun. The original one is like like. And here's the thing with a lot of Trekkies that they forget is that uh, 
you know, they're like, well, it's always about about like cerebral thought and higher learning. And it's like, yeah, right. The original one was stupid. Like, it's like Captain Kirk has to shoot or bone everything in sight. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's just like, like each episode did have like some sort and it of was social parallel, but both. so did everything else back then. So did Twilight Zone. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> like they weren't breaking new ground in that regard. They did by showing the, the how they broke new ground was by having a diverse cast. Well, I saw a, I started and of looking course the first interracial kids. Yeah, right. And I started looking on in YouTube. In history. Yeah. Not on television. I started looking on YouTube and found a an, an interview he had done early 2000s with uh, I believe it was 60 minutes in CBS. Mm-hmm. And you know who he credited for the Star Trek movies being finally being made? Who? George Lucas. Because the, of the be, new one? Oh, be, because, oh, yeah, be, yeah, because yeah. of the success of yeah. Star Wars in '77, yeah. Paramount wasn't thinking movies. Oh, yeah. They were thinking of bringing bringing back the TV show. Yeah. And because of the success of of Star Wars, it changed Paramount's complete thinking. And he said, if it hadn't been for Star Wars, the movies might not have ever gotten off the ground. Star Wars is very much like when you look back, you know, not only like all of a sudden movies got big. Star Wars is a movie that. You could either look at and say it is the best thing that has happened to cinema, or the worst, or the worst, worst because of and the you sequels. Can. Well, not not just because of the sequels, but like we really don't get like the seventies were really like breaking down and film and art and what is okay and what it mm-hmm. like you know like we're really not gonna ever get movies or we still will, but not to the degree. Of like Taxi Driver or uh, or The Godfather and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We're we're not gonna really get movies like that, and if we do, they're not gonna be mainstream. No, like and those movies were mainstream, but because that's you know what they were showing in the movies. Like it was, but after Star Wars, now that said, a lot of like these big epic action movies are really good. Mm-hmm. Like I love them. I love them. Right. They're really good. So it just depends on who you ask. I would say I'm the type of person that always kind of looks at it from both sides. It's like it kind of is the best thing to have in the cinema. It's kind of the worst thing to have in the cinema. But, like, you try to be positive. It's like, well, it brought back Star Trek, not only in the movies, but also, like, the Next Generation TV show happened because the movies were successful, right? Pretty much. I, I would I would say I would yeah. say the sex of the movies allowed allowed Roddenberry to be able to afford to be able to bring back and the television. Next Generation TV show. While I'm not a big fan, one of these days I'll go through and watch them all. But while I'm not a big fan, um, that show was a very smart TV show. Is it? It was definitely about higher thought. And, oh yeah! Like I mean, it it, it had a it lot really of. Was. The, then the first three and a half, possibly four seasons, had a lot of influence of Roddenberry. Yeah, I mean, not Roddenberry. Yeah, yeah, Gene, Gene Roddenberry. But you know, of course, he passed early part of the fifth season when you know when he died. You know, the Star Trek generation was just entering its fifth season when he passed away. So after that, you know, Rick Berman and those people kind of took over and varied it up. They they varied it a little bit from yeah. his vision of it, but yeah. then again, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, different people give exactly. breathe in new life, and that was fine. And that's why, like, I don't, for the most part, I'm okay with the JJ. Like, first off, I love the first JJ Abrams. Right, movie. and we've discussed this we before. before. And, and it's, it's like it's like the old '60s TV show 
was kind of dumb at times. Like it was an well, action show. Like, it, I mean, it, it's it was, like Star Trek: like, The Original. For you know the original yes. series, Next Generation, D Space Nine. Yeah, they were all. It, it doesn't matter what shows you of those you watch. There's going to be good episodes. There's lousy episodes. Yeah. And the the second one was good too. I like the first one better. The second one was weird because the ending. On the one hand, again, I'm taking both sides. On the one hand, I really like the nod to Wrath of Khan at the end. But on the other hand, it was like, I would have liked to see something new, honestly. <laughs> like, like I get what they were doing, but right. I, I would have preferred to see and, something And new. I think I said on the on my last podcast that you were on, and we talked touched on, on the Star Trek movies and, and the hardcore Trekkers and Trekkies who just bash those things. I really found it as a more of a twist of the original episode of Space Seed. Is really what I saw that as. It wasn't. A lot of people compare it Wrath of Khan. That was their first encounter with Khan, so I don't yeah. see how you can say it was the Wrath of Khan. You know, a yes, they shouldn't have gone with Khan for the second movie for the second villain. Should have stayed away from him. I agree, but they did it. You can't go back and change it. But, but I like I like Cumberbatch or whatever. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Really yes, yeah. he's a very good actor, and probably going to get it. I don't did he did he win an Oscar this year for for the uh, that uh, uh, World War Two movie or that life of that guy who broke who broke the code of the Germans oh. I can't remember I don't remember was that this year that that came yeah out? well that was it came out late last year but it was he was up for I believe uh, best actor hmm. I don't remember if he won or not though huh. I don't remember the name it eludes me right off the top of my head Have you ever seen uh, Leonard Nimoy used to have um one of his photo books was a uh, tasteful, sensual photography of large women. Really? Did not know that. I, I mean, I know he got into photography heavily and he did a lot of that, but... It was, uh, it was really interesting. I mean, it, they're sensual photography, so, like, don't buy it for your two-year-old. You know, like... <laughs> and I'm sure it wasn't... they're also large, but... Like, and know. I seriously doubt it was... Was it nude or just, just implied with the way they were covered? I... I think there might have been a few nude shots. I don't know, but I mean, it was artistic. It was tasteful. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, like yeah, it wasn't like porn. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't Playboy, huh? Uh, I would even say Playboy is fairly artistic. I, I, I don't know about artistic, uh, okay. but tasteful. Uh, 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 of 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 the porn magazines, Playboy is probably on the low end of. I wouldn't of call the... Playboy porn. No, like, it's, that's, it's well. I'm just saying of but... if you can sit if you. A lot of people would put that in that uh, Hustler. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Not uh, that I've ever read Hustler. I, I haven't. I've never read Hustler. <laughs> I've only looked at the pictures. <laughs> okay, moving on. Man, I brought all my A-game to your show. In my <laughs> show, I was like Mr. Nice Guy. What's going on here? Oh, my. You, ha I think you had the same reaction of what I posted about uh, Empire Magazine did a, had the readers vote on the 30 greatest superhero movies of all time. Well, in a, I, look, or, I mean. Or at least what they have in their list, so-called superhero movies. It's, I don't think we have a problem with what's on the list. It's the order their readers voted them onto well, the list. Well, I know it's a different audience. I, I think it's a different audience because I mean, Empire, Empire Magazine, Magazine is, is very much. It's I, I think all it's based. Movies. I think it's based in. Isn't Empire Magazine though based out of London though? I think I don't, I don't know that, but I but I know. I mean, it, it's for movies, and sometimes I have to remind myself that even today there are movies that are not superhero movies. Well, see, because I so had you're a, looking at it from different angles, right? But well, I see, I had a question that, of because I because on their list they have 
Unbreakable on here. And there was another movie. Well, uh, not only that, but they have Unbreakable in the top ten. And that is just flat out. Okay, first of all, I didn't even realize Unbreakable would be considered a superhero movie. They force you to... It, it is a... It, Technically, yes, it's a superhero movie, but... Like, okay, is it comic-based? No. Okay. And I don't know. Like, that's one that I, I don't even really consider a superhero movie as much as it is a... Uh, like, it is, but it it's kind of trying to be like what The Watchmen was for the comics. It's like uh, a take on the superhero mm-hmm. genre is what it is to me. Like, hmm. I wouldn't call it a flat-out superhero. Super- have you ever seen it? No, I have not. You know, it's M. Night Shyamalan. And I know it has Samuel L. Jackson. It's actually good. Doesn't it? It's very, it's actually a really good movie. It's before, it was his second movie. It was before he went crazy and made crap. But (laughs) I think it's better than Six Sense. Well, Well, it's about as good. Well, for anyone who's not. It's better than Signs. Yeah. And Signs was like, I really liked Signs when it came out. But like, looking back, it's kind of stupid. But Signs was really like. The last, at least halfway decent movie you made, like, and Science has some scary stuff and it's cool, but then at the end it's like, oh wait, this whole movie's about this guy getting his religion back. Like, come on, <laughs> it's still a decent movie, but uh, then you get The Village, and at that point I was like, I'm done, I'm done with you. <laughs> have you ever seen The Village? No, I have not. You know what it's about, right? No, it's so stupid. It it looks like it takes place in like the 17th century or whatever and like there's like supposed to be these demons that walk around the village as it turns out it's just these people living in like central park or something that have made up this crazy life for themselves and it's modern day and it's like and that all just happens at the end and at that point i was like i have never wanted my money back so bad after watching a movie well for 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 my listeners who may not be familiar what what, with what we're talking about uh, Empire Magazine had their readers vote for the 30 greatest superhero movies all time. And of course, the uh, their article online doesn't tell you if Empire gave them a list of movies that they could vote for or if they just let them all vote for, left it all open for them. But anyway, the top 10 that they had uh, in descending order was Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy at number 10, Watchmen at number 9, Unbreakable at number 8, Batman Returns at number seven. Uh, number six, Spider-Man 2. Number five was the original Superman movie from 1978. The Avengers at number four. Superman 2 at number three. X-Men 2 at number two. And The Dark Knight at number one. And now let me see this real quick. Like, first off, yes, The Dark Knight will be number one. one. If and you're going to make one, if you're going to make a list and it's number two, you're just being a you're just being a pretentious jerk. Th- that, that was point. the only movie I did not have an issue with as far as placement. Well, I mean, when it comes to top ten, like it's like number one and then whatever else in top ten. Like I don't really care. Yeah. So like X Men Two deserves top ten. The two Superman movies. I don't know if I'd put them both in there, but I will make room for at least the first one in a top ten list, no matter what. I will always make room for that because that movie is so important to the genre. It it, it created the genre. I mean, Spider-Man and all those others totally just ripped it off. (laughs) And Spider-Man was great. Even though Superman 2 is like a little bit better in some ways, I would still put Superman 1 ahead of it. Avengers, of course, is awesome. Spider-Man 2 is great. Batman Returns, okay, why? (laughs) Look, I get it. I like the... 
See, I'd I'd have that, been okay with it. Been becoming there. really popular in retrospect. I remember like ten years ago, people wanted to forget that that movie existed. existed. Like it's like, oh, the first one was good, and then but then the second one was terrible, and now all of a sudden it's becoming really popular in retrospect, and I don't know why. But it's actually a good movie, and I really, you know, and I get that it's the whole movie, it's Tim Burton is German um, expressionism with that movie. That's the, the way the sets are. That's based on German expressionism, which is found in a lot of silent films from Germany, like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Have you ever seen that? Okay. Um, a lot of silent films had that weird like everything looks like it's like distorted cardboard look in the or not cardboard but plywood okay. painted on look in the background and that's what batman returns was doing uh-huh. and it's cool it's a good movie a really good movie don't get me wrong but like as a superhero movie it doesn't really work for me would not be in my top 10 i don't think even in my top 20 in some ways it's better than a lot of these i like the artistic vision behind it but it's weird uh, it gets overly dark, creepy at sometimes like the penguin stuff, like the, the penguins with, uh, rocket ships on their back is really stupid. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, the only good part about that movie was, was, was the cat suit and the yeah. Shaw Pfeiffer. I mean, that was fine, but no. no, there's a lot of good stuff in that movie, but like, there's also a lot of bad stuff in that movie oh, yeah. too. Like it's, it's not a, it's a movie that really tried hard it's like uh it remind it's like ang lee's hulk actually a pretty good movie but not so much as a superhero well and and, and what i found funny was ang lee's hulk made the thir- top 30 list but the 2008 hulk did not actually i agree with that i i can kind of see that like the 2008 hulk with uh edward norton i really like it but as soon as the stuff where like like all the scenes where he's like running out of Brazil and on the run, great. When he turns into the Hulk, it's like oh my! It it's well, it's not terrible, but it's just like it's just like oh, it's another superhero movie at that point. Like it's not really. Whereas with Ang Lee's Hulk, I can see why that made the list for the same reason as Batman Begins. It's a movie that really, they really tried to do something different with the superhero genre, like you know, make it like this psychological. A journey through Bruce Banner's mind or whatever and tell this like big story. The problem is it doesn't really work all the time. So mm-hmm. like both of those movies to me get an A for effort. I would probably like if I were to give him a total grade, I'd give him a B minus probably on both of them because they just as much as I really like what they were trying to do. I don't think that it really works for the genre. Or it may not be that it doesn't work for the genre. It's just, it, it's a gamble. It's a crapshoot. And mm-hmm. I think they both, with both those movies, they took risks and they may not have come through. So I can kind of see that actually. And that's at number 30. So it's it's where it belongs on a, on a list for sure. I was just surprised like Winter Soldier didn't make it in the top 10. Oh, that is interesting. Because but Kick-Ass is number 15. Oh, Winter Soldier is number 13. Okay. But see, Watchmen at number nine. Look, Watchmen is the greatest comic book ever made. We all know that. Everyone knows that. It's the best comic book ever made. The movie's really good, too. It follows the story almost to a T. So a lot of people, you know, a lot of people really like it for that reason. And I really like it, too. It's a great story. The problem is I wouldn't 
as a movie though, I still wouldn't list that in my top 10. That would be in, in the twenties somewhere because it just, Zack Snyder has some shortcomings for me. Like, I mean, I, I'm not a, like, I don't hate him, but I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff, some of his artistic ideas, I don't think are that great. Kudos to him for following the Watchmen storyline up until the very end almost perfectly like there's some stuff that gets cut out but not too much like he follows it really well but some of the stuff that he some of the stuff that he does is just kind of weird like i mean the movie was overly gory which i'm okay with well i wouldn't say overly gory but the parts of the movie were very gory which i'm okay with but at the same time like i know like in the comics Yes, there's blood in the co- in the graphic novel. Yeah, there's blood, but they didn't emphasize it too much. And I think when you start emphasizing too much, you're distracting from the more adult story that you're trying to tell. Uh-huh. It sounds like I'm nitpicking that movie, which I totally am. And I have nothing, like, like there's no other rebuttal to that. It's like, yeah, I'm nitpicking that movie. What else do we have on here, though? At number 11... Incredibles, yeah, that's a good movie. Number twelve, what is Blaze? Oh, oh, Blade. Sorry, but yeah, I misread it. It's been probably, so probably, probably a typo on my part. It's okay. It's been so long since I've uh, seen that. I still wouldn't put that at number twelve though. Captain America: Winter Soldier is number thirteen. Days of Future Past fourteen. Fifteen is Kick Ass. I don't think that movie is any good at all. I think that movie is garbage. I, I liked the first one. The second one was okay. I mean, I, if you're gonna put if you're gonna put one of the kick-ass movies on the list, well, I, yeah. I, it, first one's definitely. I I I'm gonna take that back. Not garbage, but I don't think it's that great. Like a lot of people love that movie, and Matthew Vaughn is awesome. He's a great director uh, for this sort of genre. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that's another one where the sub like maybe I'm kind of a wuss. Like maybe the subject matter is too much for. I don't think so. But it's just <laughs> it's just like is this movie a comedy or is this a action? Like what is this? You and know, I know it's kind of both. I know it's like a I kind of saw I, I kind of saw saw Kickass as a different take on the superhero genre, but it n- wasn't necessarily making fun of it. It was just kind I, of pick, I, picking apart, kind of picking it apart. Yeah. But it also was kind of almost refreshing in a certain sense too. I need to watch it again. I I didn't really care for it the first time. I, I mean I mean once, I mean the gore. I mean it's a little it's a little bloody, obviously. And of course, oh, course, I guess I have a I I know I remember what it is. I have a problem with the. I thought it was weird that uh I don't remember. Maybe that is a good movie, and I just forgot. <laughs> like I'm I'm trying to think of what I didn't like, and it's not coming to mind. I mean, the girl in there that plays the the main lead that that young girl that was in there. I mean, that to me what made the movie for me. Yeah, I mean, she was her, cool because her, yeah. her character is just so. That's right. Her, her her she just kicks ass so damn bad, and she like kill all those uh, gangbangers. Well, and then when uh, was it? I think whoever it is uh, Nicholas Cage gets killed, and she just goes all nuts. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna give that movie another chance. <laughs> like I'm. Maybe I was just in a bad mood. Here's where I have a problem with this list. Here's where I have a real problem with this list of opinions that differ from mine. It's uh, number 16 is Iron Man. Why is that so low? Like, Iron Man is pretty much perfect. Like, that is a really good movie. That one would be my number two. (laughs) But at least in the top ten, if you're not going to put it at number two. Like, that is awfully low. 
At least it should replace Batman Returns. Oh, yeah, or Unbreakable or Watchmen. I wouldn't put Watchmen in my top ten, honestly. I know it's a great story, and it's, I know it's based on a great book. A great book. Like, I'm not going to use that term lightly. Like, I actually mean great. Because if I was to, to make up my own top ten, and, and I, I'm not going to try and list it all now, but, you know, uh, Winter Soldier and Iron Man would be in my top ten. Iron Man for sure. Probably Winter Soldier. I mean, as, as far as the first two Captain America movies, I mean, definitely go with the second one. Uh, then there's The Crow. Uh, I really like that movie. I really do like it. I don't know if I'd put it that high, though. I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, then there's Hellboy 2 I've never seen. Believe it or not, there's one I've never seen. Uh, I thought then... the first Hellboy was better than the second really i saw the first one see the i saw it in theaters i couldn't tell you anything about it like, no it's, I don't remember it's been long anything. enough since i've seen both but i thought the first hellboy was better than the second and then, not that there's anything really wrong with the second one i just people act like it's great like i mean it's, it's good I, it, I mean it's it. good i mean it's not bad i mean they didn't they didn't do injustice with the second one but for, for me personally i like the first one who does Hellboy? I know. Is it an independent? I don't remember. It's I can't remember the director's name now. Right off the top. Oh, of my I mean head. the. Uh, I mean the comic. Who does I, don't, I don't remember who does the comic. Or is it? It's not. I don't think it's Vertigo. Vertigo is just DC. But but Ron Perlman as as Hellboy, yeah. I, I like the way he did that. He is cool. Uh, and then we got Dark Knight Rises uh, at number nineteen, which is eh, probably where I'd put it. But then it gets weird because number twenty is Batman Begins. See, and which is uh, way better than Dark Knight Rises. Some of the movies I would have put a lot lower ended up up in the twenties. No. And then after that, it's Batman, and at number twenty one. So we got three Batman. Man's all in a row. row. Yes. Batman at twenty. Yeah, that's about where I would put it. Uh, Spider Man is number twenty two. Spider-Man is great because Spider-Man pretty much relaunched the whole genre. I'd probably rank it. I'd probably rank it a little higher, but yeah, I can see it going at twenty-two. And then twenty-three is Thor. Twenty-four, X-Men: First Class. Speaking of Matthew Vaughn, twenty-five is Chronicle. What the heck is Chronicle? That's with uh, I can't. Is that the Vin Diesel? Yeah, I believe I believe it is. Is that a comic book? I have no idea. Is that a superhero? I've never even watched Chronicle, so I couldn't tell you, but I believe that's the one with Vin Diesel. And I didn't even realize that. We're one. guessing this, so if we're wrong, uh, viewers, go Do ahead not email me or us. text me on this or, or write me or anything. But... Just put it in the comments section. <laughs> uh, then at number 26 is Captain America, the first Avenger. That's a little low to me. I, I, to I just me. found the whole list interesting. I mean, for... 27 is Man of Steel... I don't even know if that would be in my top 30, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, it's not as bad as everyone says. I think it's actually a decent movie, but there are... Iron Man 3 isn't on here and Iron, at all, and Iron Man 3 is a million times better than Man of Steel. Like, they both came out the same year, and it uh -huh. is a much better movie. Uh, number 28 is The Rocketeer. Yeah. Actually, uh, I haven't seen it since I was, like seven so i i really should hold my tongue i don't i don't really know if that's good 29 is superman returns that is bs that does not belong man of steel nor superman returns belong in this top 30 like that is and iron man 3 doesn't make it i mean give me a break <laughs> give me a break well since the last time we talked superman returns is not that good of a movie like it's it's okay for what it is. Actually, Superman Returns is one of those movies where 
I see what they really tried to do with that movie. It's another one where they tried to do, but it just kind of fails on a lot of regards. Like, like it doesn't look that good. The actors uh, who play Superman and Lois Lane are terrible. Like terrible. I mean, you know. And then you've got then you've got poor uh, James. What's his name? Marsden as Lois Lane's boyfriend who thinks uh, that he's yeah. that kid's dad. Uh, he also plays Cyclops Pops. in the X Men movies, yeah, yeah. and it's like that poor guy because he's a good actor. And Cyclops, they treated that character like crap in the X Men movies, and in Superman Returns, it's like, dude, this guy could have been Superman. Like, I know you picked uh, Brian Singer. I know you picked uh, Brandon Routh. Brandon Routh because he looks like Christopher Reeves and because he's hot. <laughs> but you should have gone with marsden and like like why do you even have james marsden around if you're not going to give him good roles in any of the movies like you did it to him in x-men now you're doing it to him here well since the last time we talked sony and marvel it finally kind of came together and Were we, we did talk about that last yes time. it was rumored that you know it was gonna happen it. it was not gonna yeah, happen i was like it's not and now happen. spider-man's going to be part of the the marvel marvel universe in a in a shared capacity now here's here's the interesting thing is obviously you know Sony has last has final say of who they hire as far as who plays oh Spider-Man. Okay. Okay. But Marvel also has input. Marvel is getting the use of Spider-Man in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for what they want. And in return, Marvel's going to help Sony make Spider-Man more of a legitimate, better independent for at least for Sony's movies. So wait a minute. The the Sony the so, so, there's going to be two different Spider-Mans. No. Okay, same the same same, same Spider-Man okay. is going to be doing probably at least three Sony three new Sony Spider-Man movies and at the same time being also incorporated into the Marvel universe and their introduction will be in Captain America Civil War. So they are going to have him established. So you won't necessarily see a quote new origin story, which I'm fine with because it's kind of like yeah, Batman so or Superman. Seen it. You already know if you're familiar with it, and if you're not, then you're just living in a closet or in a cave. Spider-Man is the most mistreated by Sony. Well, and by Marvel, like in the comics, like he's the most mistreated character by executives ever. Like they ruined him in the comics, and now they're going to ruin him in the movies. Well, also they. Well, here's the, here's another thing: is sometime last week that was announced that the uh, the Russo brothers, who who are doing the second Captain America, mm-hmm. have made interest in wanting to direct the uh, both the Infinity War movies they're going to do. They've uh, Sony has signed them with a uh, three year first look deal. And basically, from my understanding, is the deal does not prohibit them from still being able to to work for Marvel, and they also be working for Sony. My guess is they've signed the deal with Sony because my guess is I'm I'm going to guess, and this is a purely guess, that the Russo brothers are going to be behind producing and making sure the stories for Spider-Man for the Sony movies are decent. And if that's the case, then they might actually be pretty good because if they've if they treat the Spider-Man like they've done with the Captain America movies, I mean, they. Sh- I mean, my guess is they're going to beef up the character pretty good. He's a he's a hard character to do. I think Sam Raimi came the closest. Sam Raimi came close with, uh, but even Sam Raimi wasn't perfect. Spot on. Spider-Man's a hard character to do because, like, it's all a, like he he's a total geek when he puts on that costume when he gets out there he's not a geek anymore like he like he grows out of that uh-huh. so like 
somewhere between Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Like, if you, like, put them in a blender <laughs> and just put them together, they would somehow make the perfect Spider-Man. But, Toby, and actually, I'm going to say this, so, like, the Tobey Maguire movies are way better, of course. I actually do like Andrew Garfield better than Tobey Maguire. Oh. And, and I like Tobey, but Andrew Garfield was closer. Really was the perfect Spider-Man. What I don't understand was why they... Um, the the problem with the script was why did they start out with him already being cool? Like, he's already, like, this cool kid at school. Like, he's... And that's kind of stupid. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. And, like, there are parts where he's, like, a little bit too cool, like, on the first movie when he was with Gwen. I don't know. I, I actually don't hate those movies, by the way. The, the uh, I, There's nothing... Well... They're, they're watchable. <laughs> I mean... They're, they have some big problems. Um, I actually like the second one better than the first one. And here's the thing. They consider the second one a failure, but if you look at the total global box office, mm -hmm. it's still putting in almost $700 million. Well, and, the, and that's Sony's fault. Like, trying to build this universe... Don't do that. Just build the story. Uh -huh. Just build. The, that's what you. That's what they did with uh, the Raimi ones. That's what they used to do with movies. You build the story. Like Marvel can build a universe because they kind of at least halfway know what they're doing, and they they've proven to us before that they do know what they're uh, at uh, least so far know and, what I, they, and know what they're doing. No, I know they they will never release. And it's grown organically. They're not forcing this. Yes. I don't know everything about what their deal is, and they'll probably never release the entire deal. But I'm, I'm guessing that that Marvel is going to be behind most of the stories. I and, think so. I think that's the trade-off. You know, Sony has the right to hire who they want as far as direct their movies, but Marvel is going to be the one behind the story and the producing of it to make it cohesive for what they're wanting to do with with using Spider-Man within their universe keep it consistent within sony's so are we gonna start seeing because we're about out of spider-man villains at this point to well be honest. like I, it, like are we gonna start there's 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 one rumor where supposedly iron man is going to be at, in the beginning of the next spider-man movie supposedly i don't buy that i i, I take it as a grain of salt yeah. but supposedly he's going to be already already established with the spider-man villains somewhat also somewhat already can established, I point but out not, I don't know. one more thing? For the most part, these Marvel movies haven't followed the books, books too, too well, well, which is good because Civil War was terrible. Mm -hmm. Terrible. I know it's popular, but it is terrible. So, like, I'm, I'm hoping they don't follow it too much. And they need to be careful because, and I, I think they will be, they can't make, Iron Man was pretty much, this is, it was a really bad storyline. Iron Man was pretty much a bad guy in Civil War. Well, that sounds like, you know, like from what, need to from what I read, it sounds like from what Marvel's put out, they said the next few times you see Tony Stark as Iron Man as well, it, you, he's not going to be, quote, likable. So. No. so they've obviously got some sort they of plan. They need to be careful with that because... I don't think they're going to make him too unlikable. I think yeah, they're going to make I, him enough to, like, oh, what the hell is this guy's problem, but yet yeah. still keep him on the on the likable side at like the same time still redeemable yeah it, that that is good i hope they do that because they need to be careful with that because robert downey jr this whole shebang is built on the back of robert downey jr making one of the douchiest and lamest and 
most poorly written superheroes and, and making and it incredibly cool. interesting and likable. Yeah. Do you like, know that they need to be very careful? Have you that. have you seen the list of the of the quote heroes that are, are already going to be in Civil War? No. Well, obviously Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, Black Panther, Spider Man, Black Winter, Widow. Man, they need to quit posting this stuff. Like, Winter, this Winter is... Soldier, and now Hawkeye. This they need to quit posting this stuff. Like this is some like big spoiler basically, stuff. B- basically, it's going to be as someone said. Basically, Avengers two point five. Yeah, they they really do need to quit posting this stuff though, because like Ultron hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. And now I know. Well, I guess Black Widow is not going to. One of the characters in Ultron is going to die. And I was thinking it's either going to be Thor or Black Widow. And it's like, well, now it can't be Black Widow, like, probably, <laughs> unless they, unless she's like a flashback. But of course, none of these Marvel movies, like other than th- surprisingly Thor two, like, well, th- everyone reason, keeps coming back to life. Well, the reason why this is known is because filming for Civil War starts like this month or next. Oh, so they keep yeah, announcing for the casting, even though it hasn't come out yet, because this one's due out in May of next year. Mm. I think that's the reason why you already know who's going to be around. Now, yeah, it kind of takes away from Avengers, but I don't think that's going to stop Avengers from just rolling in the theaters. I still think Thor's going to die. Like, I know there's going to be a Thor 3, but... He's immortal, so like I, there, he's probably gonna go to hell, and Loki will pull him out of hell or something like that. But because I think cause, Ultron's going to kill Thor in this one. Because because you made something to mention. Because where I know the name of the third Thor movie, and you it's made reference. Yeah, you made yeah. some reference about. Well, not about the comic. I don't. I like. I've read a lot of Thor comics, but I don't know what they have to do with Ragnarok. In Norse mythology, Ragnarok was the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Bas- basically, I, I'm not going to say it's the apocalypse, but it's like they're the Norse version of the biblical apocalypse where like the gods finally like have their final war or whatever. Like and Loki kills Odin. Well, it seemed like to me at the end of the second yeah, one, I think, yeah, and they've I think, already done that. I think so. So I think like that started Ragnarok and I think Thor is going to go to hell. And and that's spelled H E L in the Norse world, but that's where then, we get. Then that's where the English language gets. Then your your yeah. your theory of Thor Loki's, is probably the one that dies, and and that's Ultron my theory. Is, is that's my theory. Right. And Loki is. I'm pulling this out of thin air. I I don't read spoilers. I uh-huh. try to stay away from like stuff. Oh, I'm I'm sure you when you so. see things I post on there, you're probably like, oh, I don't want to read this. I know. I, yeah, kind of. It, part of it is because, like, I've got other things going on. But, like, <laughs> part of it is also because, like, it's like, no, I, I want to see. You want to go be in. surprised because usually I'm not. I was surprised with Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Super surprised. Usually I'm not too surprised with these movies. But I really, my theory is Thor's going to die. He's going to go to hell. And Loki's, that'll be Loki needs that'll be, help, so he and that'll be Thor out of hell, and he'll pull him out of hell and yeah. somewhere into the first part of the third Thor movie. Yeah. That's that's my theory. Like it probably doesn't make any sense, but like it's probably not going to happen. But that's my theory. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to say this: it was a better story than what they made. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm just kidding. Well, I won't. I won't mention what I uh, what I posted yesterday about the uh, Suicide Squad movie because it has spoilers okay. in it. I don't care so, about Suicide Squad. So I, I will I will leave that one alone. <laughs> well, it involves uh, Batman and and their theory of... Basically, uh, Viola Davis's character, um, Amanda Waller, that she's going to play. The Joker's going to play a main reason because supposedly 
they're making Batman out to be the government doesn't like Batman mm. and she's focused she's fixated on Batman and that's why she has the Joker move to where she's at in the prison because supposedly in this universe that DC is setting up with with Batman versus Superman and the Suicide Squad before they get to the Justice League is no one's really seen Batman that much hardly ever except one person the Joker and they won't give away much, but supposedly because Joker killed someone that was close to Batman, which a lot of people are speculating is he killed Robin. So that's the theory. And there's there's rumors of whether or not that you'll uh, Ben Affleck will actually make a cameo in that movie because hmm. they're supposedly supposedly if you believe what you read, at some point Viola Davis's character is supposed to be watching some sort of security footage that happened to catch Batman, and and supposedly the government thinks Batman's the link to finding all the different superheroes in the DC universe part of it. Interesting. Okay. It's an interesting thought. It makes it, it kind of, I can kind of see where they're going with it, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, you kind of almost have to like, well, if they go that way, cool. But it's an interesting theory. I wonder what's going to happen when the whole superhero genre finally implodes on itself. I don't know. I what we'll watch. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it'd be Will we go soon. back to watching like art movies again? Like... I don't know. <laughs> superhero movies are kind of superhero movies are kind of like in popular like the westerns were in the late 50s and 60s right now it seems to be you know and in the space in the space opera movies in the 70s and 80s yeah so and you know the westerns didn't really die off till you know the middle of the 70s before the westerns really died off they got pretty bad in the 70s there's a few good ones oh yeah there were some great ones but like there were some great ones, but they started dropping in quality. Yeah, there was a drop. There was a drop. I, I don't think you're going to see a drop on those probably till another four or five years. Be my guess. I don't know. Like DC worries me. Like Man of Steel wasn't that great. I, 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 I say, it wasn't that great, but it had potential. But everything I'm hearing about for the sequel and for the rest of these doesn't sound that I, good. I, I, I'm still, I'm still the theory. Batman and Superman. And Sony will, almost killed Spider Man. Right. But I think Sony's come around and and trying with trying to make the deal with Marvel. They're trying to at yeah, least beef up Superman. How many boots can we take? From yeah, this I, I know. Like, I mean, that's that's getting out of hand. And same with Batman. It's like, why do we keep rebooting this crap? Like, can't we just stick with it? And even Green Lantern. It's like, yeah, Green Lantern sucked. It sucked <laughs> bad. But who cares? Like, make a good sequel and move on. Or like. Make a sequel starring like starring a black guy as John Stewart. Like I, I, there are lots of good African American actors. Well, not African American. Some of them are from England. Some of them are from Africa. A lot of good black actors uh-huh. could play that character, and we could just you know it'll be a sequel, but give Ryan Reynolds a little cameo, and that's it. Like there you go. I I, I, I still say with the DC movies though, it'll be Batman versus Superman. It's going to be successful no matter what storyline because everyone's going to be wanting to see that matchup. And I think Suicide Squad will be the true... Actually, Suicide Squad might be all right because it's dealing with all villains. So, and that's something different that no one's really done yet. So that they, might actually Sony tried to do that. So, with well, Sinister it, Six. but it never got off the ground yeah. because they were they had other issues with their Spider Man, so it never really got off the ground. But I say Justice League will be their true but isn't up or this, down. Isn't this next Superman movie just pretty much Justice League? <laughs> It like sounds like everyone's popping up in there. Well, supposedly, and so, then like their TV shows don't have nothing to do with the movies. Like the well, Flash they intentionally the they, they, they they they. 
Warner Brothers said they have intentionally done that because they don't want to confuse the audience between the television and the movies. Well, you failed. <laughs> like, At least that's their excuse. That's what you what you, they're doing is they're like basically cannibalizing their own product by doing that by saying, well, the the TV version has nothing to do with the movie version, but we're gonna bring go it with it at the anyway. same time, and it's like. So which one do I watch? Well, like, uh, I mean, <laughs> supposedly Batman, you'll see Batman a little bit at the beginning of Batman versus Superman, and again towards the end in a major, in a major way. Yeah. But the majority of the movie it's will be, be will be Superman. You will get brief glimpses of supposedly Aquaman and Wonder Woman uh, in that movie. Brief, brief glimpses, okay. but not to the point of anything major. It's more or less cameos. And can I say this about these Superman movies? There are more villains besides Lex Luthor and Zod. Yeah. Like, what about Brainiac? Brainiac. Brainiac's a way better villain than Zod. They could have, the first one could have been Brainiac instead of Zod. Zod. It's the same story. Like, yeah. he's coming after the, fun, the this lost Kryptonian and he's going to blow up Earth. Wow, same story. <laughs> like, you didn't have to do Zod again. Well, it's and like, like, don't get me wrong, Zod's a great villain, but still, like, I mean, yeah, Brainiac's a better one. Like, he's much more interesting. Well, it's it's kind of like with Batman. I mean, it seems like every time you get a new Batman, it seems like what what's one of the first first villains you see? Joker. Not with the Nolan ones. The first the villains villain, were Ra's al Ghul and Scarecrow. True, but I'm saying though, with that the one first did one it differently. Yeah, true. Like, and I, you, I don't think there will ever be a series of Batman movies as good as those. Like, if there are, I'll eat my hat, but I don't think so. Never know. I don't think these with Ben Affleck and all these. I don't think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give Ben Affleck the benefit of the doubt too, at this point. But I don't think they're going to be as good as the, those last. And ones. and 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 it, and it could be Ben Affleck's Batman may work well within a group setting, mm-hmm. but he may, it may not work by himself. No. Yeah. But then again, bad flick. They could prove us all wrong too. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, since we're almost pushing an hour, here, oh and we've only touched two subjects. Oh my! <laughs> Too much source material. To, I need to do these more often. Did you ever see? Uh, and I know we talked about James Gunn one of the last times, but he kind of stood up for uh, the superhero genre movies. This guy by the name of Dan Gilroy, who he wrote directed did Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Great movie, by the way. Which I have not seen. Yeah. Basically, he came out and criticized the, the superhero movie genre. He said that we've survived the a tsunami. tsunami of superhero films. I don't really see the. I, okay. I, and I, and the go only, ahead and read James Gunn's. Because the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because it was kind of nice to see someone stick up for the genre. What was it? Part of his uh, thing. Um, I'll, I'll read the final paragraph that he wrote. It says, if you think people who make superhero movies are dumb, come out and say we're dumb. But if you are an independent filmmaker or a serious filmmaker, think you put more love into into your characters than Russo Brothers do Captain America or Joss Whedon does Hulk or I do a talking raccoon, you're simply mistaken. Yeah, I totally agree with James Gunn. I also want to point out that... Um... The Nightcrawler director, whose name I, eludes me, was that necessarily an insult, or is he just saying, "Hey, don't forget, there are still other movies besides"? I, I'm not sure. I don't I, think I almost, that was really an insult. Because if you read the full full thing James Gunn posted on his Facebook page, I think he took it as uh, as I think an, James Gunn did. took took it as an insult. I I don't know if, but then I again, don't know if that was meant, like we've survived a tsunami. Like maybe, or is it just saying? There are so many 
coming. And there are there are there are there well, are kind of too many superheroes. Well, okay, it, between it would be nice if between 2015 and 2020, there's supposed to be a total of 47. Yeah, and movies. I mean, like you know, and I'm guilty of this too. Like, I mean, I've gotten to the point where uh, I got a little better this year, but like last year, 2013, I should say, like the only movies I was seeing were superhero movies in theaters. Yeah. Like this year I saw some others, but, um, you know, and it, it's like, man, like, I mean, like, like I'm guilty of it too, but it's like, there are so many and you know, I don't see a movie in theaters every weekend. It's more like I, I pick and choose movie. my movies that I want to yeah, go see. Yeah, and so like you know, it's like a lot of movies that aren't. I'm like, well, let's see it on DVD. I mean, you know, so I don't know if that was really and and, and, and who and, and who knows if Dan Gilroy's comment was met as a as an insult or he was just like, ah, there's so many. But super- even if it was, was I insult, see both. why? Well, no, not if it was. If it was an insult, then keep it to yourself. Because if he's never directed a superhero movie or never... I, I think he's just saying that there's just too many. And there are still movies that aren't super... Maybe he is being a total D-bag. Like, I don't know. I really can't And as far that. as I'm aware, he uh, Dan Gilroy has never made any comment to James Gunn's, again, I don't James know. Gunn comment that, either. He said that... At an awards. At an awards show. Uh, Independent that Spirit Awards. Might have, that might have been not so much an insult, but a self-congratulatory like remark. Who knows? Like, to get everyone everyone in the audience to pat their backs and that is kind of annoying i actually kind of agree there are too many but then again when you think about it it's like you know the superhero genre is so big now that like most of the movies that i wouldn't have never considered superhero movies like guardians of the galaxy that's star wars that's not superhero so like yeah but then again marvel's also getting Thor is, getting a Thor lot is of these, a fantasy movie you know but then again marvel's getting a lot of these young directors who probably never would have considered ever doing that type of a genre yeah. type movie to come in and do it oh, yeah. and you know which is not necessarily a bad thing no i don't think i don't think so either but i i do think like eventually we're gonna have to tone it down before it implodes going back to your list blade that's an interesting one because for years even though blade is based on a marvel comic character a popular marvel comic uh-huh. character i never considered that to be a superhero movie never like it's an it's a horror action movie but then like i was thinking about it a couple of weeks ago it's like well i consider thor a superhero movie and i guess i consider guardians of the galaxy sort of superhero it's like might as well throw Blade back in the ring now. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, like, at one time I wouldn't have. But, but see, I would never would have thought of Blade or Unbreakable or a couple of those movies that are on there as superhero movies. Because I never, I never saw them as a superhero movie. Unbreakable, like, it's technically, like, like it's more like a... Um, and, and I don't know. I don't want to say parody, but uh, it's more like a superhero homage movie. Because it's not really action. Mm-hmm. It's more like an homage to a superhero movie. But I just found James Gunn, I, when I read his statement, and it was like, well, good for him. You know, he's yeah. standing up for the genre. He's just not going to let some guy, totally if he agree. was insulting him, that particular is like, hey, you know. Everything James Gunn said in there is right. Like, I totally agree with him. And I, I don't like when people have, a, like, a huffy attitude about stuff. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, I mean, if the whole world would, if, like, 
we had nothing but Transformers movies, I'd probably go nuts. I'd probably say something <laughs> huffy too, because those not a fan of those movies. But like, well, you know, there's probably going to be a I fifth mean, one too. The so. thing is, though, like, like it's like I was saying though, these superhero movies are becoming, in some ways, they're all kind of the same, but in some ways, they're becoming pretty diverse. Like, like Guardians of Galaxy. And, Thor, oh, like, I guess I guess I do have one more thing. What do you What did you think of uh, the Warner Brothers CEO basically saying the DC movies are more quote realistic based and more gritty or, or going to be more gritty or whatever than the Marvel? Okay, well, if you're talking about the Batman movies, it's true, but um, those movies aren't part of your universe anymore. Well, he was so talking about just... the the current uh, the so Warner Bros. CEO, CEO talking about we've seen... it is 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 basically Man of Steel. If you're talking yeah, the current current yeah. set, and he's basically saying, oh, the 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 DC movies are going to be set more in a in a real world realistic type of thing, basically criticizing Marvel. And it's like, dude, you've had one movie come out, and your others I haven't know. even come out yet. It's like it's just it's a wild just grabbing ass for straws. Like I found that kind me. of a stupid statement to be making, oh, considering considering you haven't even shown the success yet that Marvel has. Yeah. Now, I could see if Marvel was making that statement towards DC with their success. I could see success. if they made that statement years ago when we were talking about... I could see that statement... If they were saying if the Christopher Nolan movies were still part of the universe, yes, but they're not. Like you guys have already disowned them. Kind of a big mistake, I think. Well, that and Christopher Nolan's also come out saying he'd really consider he some wanted it to be, be conce- uh, concealed. Smart on his point. Yeah, I like, mean, granted, he, Nolan I mean, is... granted, he left it kind of open, depending on how you want to look at the end of the third yeah. one. But I think he saw it as a as an as a as a three story arc. And his good. version of Batman, and that's it. That's that's actually really good. It's really good that an artist like him would like make sure that his story ends like that. Like I don't know how he managed to do that, but probably because he made them billions of dollars off of those. Oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Marvel's gonna rule this year. Because the other good thing is, in ten years from now. Christopher Nolan won't go all George Lucas or uh, redo or, it. Uh, well, what's the guys? Um, Peter Jackson did the same thing with these Hobbit movies. Like, yeah, they're still good, but they're kind of like, uh, you know, they're not as good as they were ten years ago. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I don't think he could even if he wanted to now, unless we like have multiple Batmans. Were uh, <laughs> and, and and even if you could have brought christopher nolan's batman into the current universe you'd never been have gotten christian bale to play him again anyway no i heard that he was interested in the prospect of it at first i think i think that he would have done it and i think it would have cost him a lot more than probably what they're what affleck's you think it would you think he's more expensive than affleck i think so really i think he would have been because i think part of the deal with 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 ben affleck is Affleck wants to direct a superhero movie. Oh. So the rumor is if they actually do get around to doing a solo Batman movie, which they have listed or whatever, is the rumor is that he, he may be directing that. Hmm. Say what you will about Affleck as an actor. As or... a director, though, he seems to have a... He's a top-notch. He seems top to have notch. a really good eye. Just yeah. too bad he can't pick better roles for acting for himself. No kidding. <laughs> now, not, not that I haven't seen Argo, because supposedly that's really good. It's amazing. And I know he it. directed that one as Very well. Very good movie. Argo, uh, The Town was also really good. This might be the only two of his movies that he's directed that I've seen. But what else may- did he do? 
I I don't I can't tell Argo, you. Argo, you need to see that. That's a really good movie. But I mean, but but if he if he brings that kind of talent to say if he does direct to say the the solo Batman movie or a Sandman movie, that would be interesting. Then you know it might be worth. Fair uh, enough. Uh, fair enough. I mean, fair enough. And of course, that all depends on how much Warner Brothers and DC are willing to let him do with it as well. I guess that brings us to the end of another Reggie's podcast. Thank you for joining me, as Thank always. Thank you for having me, Reggie. Anyway, uh, there's obviously plenty more movies coming out later this year to talk about. So yeah. I guess with that, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, hope you enjoy, and we'll talk at you next time.